0: You are now tuned in to the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?
1: Welcome to the Herd and Ten Podcast. Here's your host... Jake Furtinsky.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd in 10 podcast. I have some exciting news today. I am joined by Corbin Bryant. If you don't know him and you're a big Bills fan, you should know him. He's a seven-year NFL veteran, defensive tackle, played for the Bills for almost five years, um, had some great success with the Bills. So happy to have him here. Corbin, welcome to the show. I hope that you're going to be around for a long time as my co-host. Corbin, how are you doing today? Especially coming off that monster Buffalo Bills win.
0: Jake, hey, doing wonderful. Thanks for having me on. And Thanks to Bill's Mafia for welcoming me back into the fold. You know, it's been, you know, I had a great five years there, a lot of fun. So I'm ready to just dive in and just give you guys my take on what the Bills have been doing. And you can follow me on Twitter at cbryant198. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Corbin Bryant 97. Let's go, Bill's Mafia. Let's do it.
2: Awesome. So let's start this out by talking about some great things from the Bills, 43 to 21 win over the Washington football team. Firstly, the Bills have of course now gone to two and one. They're leading the division and the expectation is that they'll be continuing to lead the division until the playoffs. Let's talk about Josh Allen here. He goes 32 for 43, 358 yards, four touchdowns passing, puts down a rushing touchdown. He went crazy. And I'll say this last week I was talking about, I was a little nervous. He wasn't looking like that MVP that he had looked last season, but he comes out and he just goes crazy against Washington. What do you think of this? Is this now what we should expect from Josh Allen game in game out?
0: Oh yeah, def- definitely. Like everybody needs to hold their forces a little bit. Okay. This is the, Third game of the season, the Bills are starting to get on a roll here. And as you could see on Sunday, Josh Allen did everything. He did the short passes, medium passes, through some, some big uh, block-em-up shot plays. Josh Allen is this offense, and this offense will go as Josh Allen goes. Like right now, Josh Allen is even the second leading rusher on the team. <laughs> so they need to protect him at all costs, but as the offense runs – and as Brian Dable calls these plays, it's all through Josh Allen. He is the way to the Super Bowl for Bills Mafia.
2: And as a former pro, what does it feel like in the change room, in the locker room after a game like that, especially when the team hasn't looked quite as dynamite as you, you know, as we would have hoped, especially coming out against Pittsburgh, putting up a bit of a dud. You go out, you smash Miami. Now you go and crush washington what's the atmosphere like in a change room like that after a win well
0: the atmosphere the atmosphere is great i mean and i give credit to all the veterans on the team like after losses like that to pittsburgh losses that you think you're gonna win you know on paper and all the fans thought like oh yeah we should beat pittsburgh landslide ben roethlisberger he's he's getting older and after those losses it's really up to the veterans on the team to say hey we're okay We're just going to stay on this jersey. It's a 17-game season. So as you go through the journey, you're going to have some ups and downs. But right now, after the Miami game, after the Washington football team game, the Bills are on a bit of a roll now. I mean, the Bills scored over 70 points in the last two games, and I don't see that stopping against the Texans. I mean, I don't think anybody in the world thinks that the Texans are going to come close to what the Bills are doing, but the Bills morale is it's, it's pretty high right now. And I don't see it stopping rolling and rolling through the Texans and into the big Kansas city week.
2: Definitely. They, you want to hope that they're not forgetting about the game upcoming because of course they should stomp on the Houston Texans, but they should not forget that game just because they're going against the Kansas city chiefs in prime time in just two weeks. Cause that can happen. That can be a trap, but given, like you said, with the momentum, especially when we look at the last two games and not only what they've done on the offensive side, but also what they've done on the defensive side, because what they've done is just spectacular. You know, you played defensive line, you know how hard it is to get to the quarterback and the bills are getting there. They're not getting as many sacks, but they're getting consistent pressure, and that's something that they were really missing last season. How impressed have you been by the defensive line just in the first three weeks? Especially when we look at how much they struggled throughout the season last year.
0: Now I'm going to start this. Off. I'm going to talk a little bit of defensive line play here. What you see, what you have, what you saw from the Washington football team is not what you want to do as a defensive lineman. They're out there running around just. You know, not running any pass rush games, had no lane integrity, just letting Josh Allen, which great, you know, let Josh Allen run around. That's fine. I saw an interview with Ron Rivera and he said the the thing we have to do to, to control this game is to keep Josh Allen in the pocket. They didn't keep Josh Allen in the pocket. One time Josh Allen was running rampant on the team. But what the Bills are doing well and they are getting sacks this way. They are pushing the pocket. They're not running by the quarterback. They're not allowing lanes for the quarterback to escape. Starla Tulele and all those guys in the interior are really pushing that pocket to make throws tougher for the quarterback. And that really affects the quarterback's vision. And that really helps our DBs in the back end who are playing. Incredible.
2: Yeah, it's a huge thing, especially in this new NFL, as, as you're aware of, There's a ton of mobility when it comes to the quarterback position that didn't exist 10, 15, 20 years ago. So there's that key where, like you said, you got to be pushing the pocket back. You don't necessarily need to be blowing by guys. And when you look at the Bills defensive line, they don't necessarily have a lot of speed there. I mean, they have talent, but there's no one really outside of probably Greg Rousseau who has unbelievable speed. And that is okay because if they're pushing that pocket back and they're forcing the quarterback back, he's going to make mistakes. And we saw that. Taylor Heineke made multiple mistakes in the game, and the Bills took advantage. They picked him off, and not all of it came from sacks. It came from, like you talked about, pushing that pocket backwards and making the quarterback make a really difficult play. And that's something that I just don't think the Bills' defense did last year. So I'm personally just blown away because – The Bills spent a lot of draft capital this year and a lot of effort to improve the defensive line. And at first I thought it was crazy because I felt like they weren't spending anything on the offense, but man, oh man, is it paying dividends now? Because you see this defense is becoming a top tier defense, the defense that we hoped they would be last season. That is what they're doing this year. And when you combine that with the offense, you got something really special And that's the last thing I want to cover here. And that's the run game because the run game struggled last season and it seems to be off to a really good start. Last game, we saw Devin Singletary be the hot hand and he performed really well. He had his huge 40 plus yard touchdown last week. And now you have this week, you have Zach Moss taking a step forward, 13 carries, 60 yards. He also had a touchdown receiving. He looked really good and he might not have blazing speed either, but man oh man that guy loves to run through contact you gotta love seeing something like that no
0: oh yeah definitely and the bills are definitely a running back by committee i mean you got your your scat guy and then you got moss that can just pound it through there and you also have josh who is gonna have his his run plays as well so but but the bills offense is definitely a pass first (laughs) offense at this time they're 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 it, to me, they are running the ball to keep the defense honest. Like, I think the Bills threw the ball probably 25 times in the first half or something like that. And, you know, they're just, oh, let's just run a draw here. Let's just run a draw there. But when those guys' names are, are called Singletary and Moss, they are making the most of it, whether they're getting a swing pass, a draw play, or just a regular uh, dive play up the middle. They are definitely making making, making things tough on defenses.
2: And it's very true because if you're not doing that, if you're not having some sort of balance and the bills don't have a whole lot of balance, but they are going to some draw plays, but it's starting to work now early in the season. It's, it wasn't against Pittsburgh. It wasn't, but it's starting to work. And like you said, with the limited snaps, Moss and Singletary are getting, they're actually making things happen. And yes, they're not doing it as consistently as we would like to see, but really, it's starting to to click and you hope, and I guess you could probably speak to this if you're having so much success passing, you would expect that the run game should become more effective, correct?
0: that's, that's definitely right. And the thing that I look at and, and other professional athletes look at as well is where are the safeties? like if the safeties are deep, you know you will see Josh Allen. I saw that a couple of times on Sunday where he would come to the line and say, okay, the safeties are deep. Let's just run the ball. Because when the safeties are deep, there's not that many guys in the box and they'll bring a tight end there and they'll run the lead draws right up the middle. But once the safeties, they start creeping down, you start running the ball a little bit, you see Mott and you see Singletary getting those six, seven yard plays. That's when you change it up and you throw the ball deep. And that's something that Josh Allen has been doing a, a lot a lot better this year as well. And something that you, you can see the veteran coming out of him to the point where he pretty much commands this offense and it's, it's, it's a pretty side.
2: Definitely. It's, it's amazing seeing this. And, you know, we were talking about this before, but it's been hard as a bills fan, as a former (laughs) bills player, the bills have had a lot of rough years and they've been looking for that quarterback. And it seems like Josh Allen is that guy. And I love to hear that you talk about that, that he's playing like a veteran. I mean, he hasn't been in the league that long. He doesn't have that many starts, but he already is taking full control. He's checking things down. He's changing the audibles and he's doing it so confidently. So you got to be really just impressed with the man he has become. He's obviously gotten paid big time and it seems like it's well-deserved because he is leading this team and they're looking like you had said a perennial playoff team. And I mean, sky's the limit at this point, but Look, we're going to end this part here. And when we get back, we'll be talking with Matt Bove of WKBW. Really excited to be talking to him. It actually might be Bove. I think he might be French. Not 100% sure, but we'll see um, in just a moment. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we get right back, we'll be talking with Matthew Bove. Thanks. Welcome back to the Herd and Ten podcast. As mentioned from the first segment, I'm joined by Corbin Bryant, my potential new co-host. And we are joined by Matthew Beauvais of WKBW. Matt, how are you doing today? Tell our listeners where they can find your content.
1: Hey guys, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. And yeah, you know, I work at Channel 7 in Buffalo. I've been here for, you know, several years now. You can find all of our stuff on our website if you're in Buffalo, Channel 7. So yeah, it's just, you know, it's a fun time to be covering sports in Western New York. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, no, Corbin and I have been talking, man, this is a hell of a time to be a Buffalo Bills fan. It is the best time in quite some time. I want to start out by talking about this upcoming game. The Bills are taking on the Houston Texans and the Texans have not looked particularly good, although they looked okay with Tyrod Taylor. It seems like they've taken quite a a step down from, from that point. What is your take for this upcoming game? Is it at all possible that this is a trap game or are the Bills poised to just roll all over Houston?
1: Well, I never want to say that anybody's going to roll all over anybody just because it is still the NFL and the bills are 17 and a half point favorites. And it wasn't that long ago that I remember they were in Minnesota as 16 and a half point underdogs and Josh Allen jumped over somebody and they won the game and everybody in the country was shocked kind of with how it happened. So, you know, I know it's such a cliche, the whole any given Sunday thing, but there is some truth to that. Corbin understands it as somebody who played in the league as long as he did. So you can never really count anybody out, but the reason I'm so confident for the bills this week is Houston is starting a young quarterback, Davis Mills. This is going to be his first road NFL game. And Sean McDermott, McDermott historically has made the lives of young quarterbacks a living hell since he got here. And I don't anticipate that to change. I mean, in his first game, it looks like they had the training wheels on a little bit. I've seen some of the reports from Houston this week that they're going to open things up. Well, good luck if you want to try and open things up against the Bills defense. There really isn't a weakness on this unit. And for somebody with such little you know, experience, that's going to put him in a lot of really tough positions hey if he can come here and pull off a win all power to him good for him I, I just don't see that happening matt
0: i think just a quick question here i'm i'm thinking about the Texans, and i told i told this to jake earlier but like when you think about that team No one really knows who's on the Texans. (laughs) Think about it because because Deshaun Watson is not there and all the other guys left. They have a new coach. I think his name is Cully. If there is any position group that will give the Texans a chance, what position group would
1: that be? I think maybe and this is crazy because once again we're stretching here. Like people are gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like, How the heck are you talking about this? But I will say that they have three running backs who they can rotate into the game that all kind of have a different skill set. Philip Lindsay, I think, is a good player. I don't think he's an every down running back in the NFL, but I think he's an explosive player. And then you've got Mark Ingram, who's obviously had a lot of success in the league, and they have David Johnson. But it's funny you say that, Corbin, because we were doing a podcast on Sunday after the game. I do it with Joe Biscalia from the Athletic, and I looked at him and I said who's the best player on the Texans and we both kind of sat there and thought about it and we got to Brandon Cooks no disrespect Brandon Cooks is a really good NFL player but if Brandon Cooks is your biggest weapon offensively obviously without Deshaun playing you should be able to really control this game sure just go stick Tredavious on Brandon Cooks and then everything else after that they should be able to handle basically
2: absolutely so Let's talk about one thing that might be a little bit of a negative with the Buffalo Bills going into not just this game, but really for the season. And that's Tremaine Edmonds. I have my reservations about him. I had my reservations going into the season. He has struggled quite a bit in the first three games, quite a few plays where he's gotten burned or his instincts just aren't there. There's no question he's athletically gifted. There's no question that there's a ton of potential there. But do we need to be concerned at all? Because when we look at even last game, the huge run by Gibson, which was, I think, a 73-yard touchdown run, part of the problem was Tremaine Edmonds not being in the right place at the right time. And that sort of seems to be the story with him a little bit, specifically in this season. Do we need to be concerned at all, Matt? Is it okay because he's surrounded by such a good and talented defensive squad?
1: I think with Tremaine Edmonds, you kind of have to view him as his own player, and I think if you view him as somebody with these sky-high expectations and you try and compare him to Matt Milano, then he is going to look like somebody who needs to do more, but I think as his own person, as his own player, He's talented. And I think he does a lot of things that people don't talk about, whether it's filling passing lanes or making sure that when he's pursuing to one side, it gives somebody else an ability to come up and make a play. I just think that Tremaine Edmonds is still a good player. I don't think right now I would be super confident giving him a Mac, you know, just a massive deal that a lot of people anticipate he's going to get. But I still think I mean, he's like 23 years old. Like he's still growing into the player that he's ultimately going to become. I do not think Tremaine Edmonds is a problem. I think there are times when he can be better, but I think we're still talking about an above average NFL player. That's just me. So
0: so, so staying uh, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, this has been talked about the last few weeks, the lack of depth in the defensive back um, on Sunday, I saw Jordan coyer limping off, and you know it seems like they're one injury away from from turmoil. Is there someone on on the practice squad? I mean, the practice squads have been extended. Is there someone out there that's yeah. going to be able to, to step in just in case? Not gonna Not gonna do it. Just in case someone gets hurt, because we're we are one injury away from having someone throwing the ball all the way down the field.
1: Yeah, I think Saran Neal is kind of their Swiss Army knife. It's not like he's on the practice squad. He's on the active roster, and he contributes every single week, specifically on special teams. But there was a reason that this preseason they asked him to do a little bit of everything. There were times that he was lining up at safety. There were times when he was lining up out wide a corner, and there were times when he was playing nickel. So he can do a little bit of everything. So I think if anybody does go down in the secondary, he's going to be somebody they lean on, specifically with the cornerbacks, whether there's an injury to Tredavious or there's an injury to Lee I think Dane Jackson is going to step into that role at the beginning of training camp. A lot of people thought that he might actually compete for the starting job opposite Trey White and Levi Wallace just once again won that competition out of training camp because he's done it for three years in a row and shame on us for doubting that he was going to win it. But when Dane Jackson has come in, he's made some good plays. He's made some big tackles. He had a huge fourth and one stop against Miami last week, and he's made a couple nice plays on the ball. I think he had an interception in his first ever NFL game too. So he seems like he's capable – if they need to use him. But like you said, this is not something you want to lean on long term. This is something that if you have to do deal with it for a game or two, you've got a good enough team where you can probably overcome that. But if you deal with an injury to one of the two safeties or to Tredavious, they probably need to look, you know, somewhere on the outside. The good news is they have a little bit of cap wiggle room. So they could go out and sign a veteran who's available if they need to.
2: It's true. It's true. When you look at the defensive secondary, there is no question that it's thin, but there are some surprises there. Dane Jackson, for all we talk about his lack or, or unfortunate ability in practice, he seems to just step up when the game's on the line. Like you talked about, there was a fourth down play. I, re- I remember and he crushed the guy, knocked the ball out. So there's no question that he's a gamer. Now, can he be a regular day in, day out guy? Clearly not because Levi Wallace beat him out. But I guess my hope is that next season, when they look into the draft, they go and draft a top-level cornerback to play opposite Tredavious White. Because when we look at this defense, really outside of that, they pretty much have everything covered. The defensive line is as loaded as it's been in a very long time. The linebacking core is pretty damn good. And then you have the cornerback situation where you have a lot of good players just Not a whole lot of depth, safeties, of course, best tandem, probably in the entire league with Poyer and Hyde. So there's no question this defense is in good shape. But I think that there are still some holes there that they could consider filling. But look, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. It's great to have you on. It's been a while trying to get you on. I'm happy we could get you on (laughs) and hopefully we'll have you on again really soon. So thank you so much and go Bills.
1: Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of the season and appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, man. Go Bills. Hey,
2: football fans. It's Chris Phillips of the Ball Hawks Podcast. Come join myself and my co host, Steve Fisher, as we dive into all the biggest NFL news, games, stories. Free agency, we have it all, including weekly rundowns of our
1: favorite teams, the Seattle Seahawks. Wilson wants it all, deep ball, Metcalf got it! And Baltimore Ravens. And Lamar
0: Jackson trying to run away from some people. Still on his feet!
2: Ballhawks podcast, where weird food takes and movie opinions meet expert NFL analysis.